Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so glad you're here. So here we go with another energy update from Amy White. Now, you may have noticed, or maybe you didn't, that there was no episode last week. We're into episode 220 or so, and this is the first week I've missed. And there was no bonus episode last week, and there was no bonus episode this week, and who knows what's going to happen next week. Here's the deal. I lost my soul doggy a week ago. His name is Makai. I love him very, very, very much. And my heart is absolutely shattered. I'm coming back into my business slowly with a whole lot of grace for myself and a whole lot of compassion and a whole lot of gratitude for the amazing support I have in this process. There may be a future episode where Pete and I talk about grieving in the light, or there may not be. I don't know. I can't predict the future and I really know nothing. But you will hear references to my experiencing grief and joy at the same time in this episode. And you're likely going to notice also that my energy is very different in this episode. So that's what's been going on with me. You'll also maybe pick up that the energy that Amy is describing is something that it basically gave me validation for the last month for me because my last month felt like trying to ride a bike in the ocean. So let me get out of the way. So you can listen to the wisdom of the greater consciousness speaking through Amy White. I love you. You are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. Amy White is back in the house to share magic once again. I'm so excited to be here. This is the thing that I look forward to every month. This, these conversations, mm. this deep soul connection, um, and to be able to really tune in and share like where we are right now, time now. We have been in this free fall floating in outer space moment as a collective now for like the last 16, 17 months. And so to start to, to come into the time now conversation also helps us, each one of us, to come into presence. And that presence, I think, helps us to not feel like we're so, you know, untethered out in space, but that at least we've got some connection, some grounding, some centering that's happening within us. And it's interesting that that's the first kind of part of the conversation that's coming through because the energy for June, and I know we're a little bit into June now, but the, the energy for June is kind of like trying to ride a bike on the ocean. It is, it is, it is that type of energy. And, and one of the things that has been coming through about the energy of this month and sort of really the precursor to what's coming in the next several months is this idea that it's, it's both. 
both exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do some of us get the energy early? I yes. feel like I always like as someone's starting to tell me about the upcoming month and I'm like, uh-huh. You yeah. just explained the last month or the yeah. last like two weeks or last week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the more aware we are of the energy around us, the more we feel it sooner. It's, it's just like when people say the you know, the full moon brings this or the new moon brings this, but very often there's a shadow to the energy, right? It's the, the, the couple of weeks before the full moon, the couple of weeks after, or the, or in Mercury retrogrades case, the tail, right? The couple of weeks after Mercury retrograde, we still can be feeling the energetic, um, the energetic resonance of what's happening. So yeah, always a couple of weeks after Mercury retrograde that my bike computer does some funky stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I get mercury retrograde, like a month on either side, legit. Um, in fact, I was just doing an Instagram live last week or the week before, and it was completely this mercury retrograde moment, even though mercury wasn't quite in retrograde at that time. It was funny, (laughs) but I think it's really, I think, I think knowing, you know, in the, in the case where you're already feeling this energy, it, it, it's, it's a nice validation that we're not going crazy, that this energy is really wonky. And, and we might've talked about this last month, but we're, we're in this training program right now. We're in this training protocol right now of how do we, how do we look at this riding the bike on the ocean, you know, sort of analogy as the as the way that life is going to present itself to us from that, from here on to some point in time down the road, like instead of pushing against it, you know, this is where we get the, the opportunity to sort of lean into the, this and exploration, the, the, you know, the excitement and the exhaustion at the same time and find where our center is each one of us, because it's going to be unique for each one of us, but where our center is, in that energy and how we hold space for both. And we're being asked as energetic beings to hold the, the biggest space that we possibly can envision and probably even beyond what we can envision right now so that we find that center, so that we're able to come into that balance point that we've talked about a couple of times now um, with your audience. And, and that is the not only the way through, it is just the way it's, it's, it's what it's the way right now that we're being invited to be present and explore both internal and external, the world around us. Mm. Now, when I think of riding a bike on the ocean, I can see the frustration. I can see the fear. It's, it's scary. I can see the laughter, like this is ridiculous. I can see the surrender of just screw this, nothing's gonna happen. And I can see the, well, after the surrender, I see the like finding that balance point. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think what's really amazing about the way that our human brains are wired is that when we get to that place of surrender, and not white flag lay down and just, you know, <clears throat> let it all go. But that surrender and acceptance, if that's the word, you know, that applies here is that then we, 
can get creative Mm. in ways that it can work for us, you know, and really that balance point can come both organically, but also we co-create it. You know, what are the things that we can creatively do and how can we creatively show up to make the elements of what is here right now work for us in our highest and best. It's like, it's like a recipe. You have all of the, all of the measuring cups and, and different uh, elements of the recipe laid out on your counter in front of you, but you, 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 you still have to put it together, but you can be creative in how you do that. You know, especially when you're cooking, not as much when you're baking, because there's, there's some precision there. But when you're cooking, it's like, mm, I don't really feel like so much like onions this time, but I really want like I'm feeling garlic. So I'm going to add more garlic and less onions. And so we get to be creative in how we put this puzzle together, this recipe together, the stew pot together. That's a really interesting piece that you bring in, because right now, we all have in our human design charts, this gift activated that is all about knowing the recipe, mm-hmm. knowing like, okay, you want to go there. You need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I typically do not have. And I'm always in awe of the people who do. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very much an intuitive cook. Um, and so it is just about feeling it's like, Ooh, a little more of this, a little less of this. Oh, I don't have this ingredient, but I have this Mm -hmm. and it just all comes together really organically. So I, I know for me personally, I'm really in my flow when I have the opportunity to be creative in the problem solving, right. In the putting together of, of this recipe. And I think that, that it, we don't have to have that as our superpower, but the awareness that that's the invitation right now really does help each one of us to flow through this time a lot easier. And, and we, we were talking about it just before the recording, like easier, like more with more ease. When the, when the greater consciousness uses the word easier, they're not saying like it's going to feel easy. It's how to tap into as much ease and grace as is available to us. But here's what the greater consciousness is showing me is that there's a lot of us right now really feeling battered by the energy. It's like we're these little boats on the big ocean and we have just been hit by wave after wave. Our sail is all tattered. You know, maybe we don't even have the engine on the back of the boat anymore, (laughs) you know, and now it's like you look around and you're like, really, this is it. Now, now in this state, I'm being invited to find the balance. It's like oh, that, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people that are coming to this place right now. And, and, and I get like my human side so understands it. My little boat feels pretty battered and tattered right now in some ways too. And yet the invitation to find the balance is the, it, it's like, and we use this word a lot, but it's the gateway. It's the portal, you know, to, to live this inspired, alive, you know, full lives that we're here to learn. And it just, it just doesn't look the way that many of us were expecting. And here, spoiler alert, it isn't going to look that way, but that doesn't mean it's bad. That means that we're in a place where we get to create what we want our lives to look like, how we want to move about the planet internally and externally, like, you know, how we see ourselves and how we see the world. 
And it gives us the opportunity to really get solid with that, that who we are and what we want and what we want to co-create in this space. Like it's all here. It's so visceral. It's so, you can feel it. Like you were just saying, you know, you've been feeling this energy. It's almost like static electricity right now for so many of us. And when we recognize we're in resistance, we can then make the shift. And so that's the really important piece right now is there's a lot of us, as I was saying, in resistance. And I mean, the greater consciousness is bringing into my awareness, this memory of me having gone through some pretty, you know, rough seas and in different areas of my life in the past. And I just like wanted to pull the hood over my head and be like, la, 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 la. You know, I'm just not going to, I can't, I just not going to look at this. And, and they're saying, you know, we all have the, we all have free will or we're so free. We can choose bondage. We're so free. We can choose stuckness, right? And we can pull back the covers, pull back the hood at any time and say, all right, how do I lean into this? How do I surrender into this knowing and then move from there? And that's really big, like huge for, for all of us. And can we do it in bite-sized pieces or do we have to just like dive all the way in? Yeah, always in bite-sized pieces. The greater consciousness talks about this journey as bit by bit, step by step by step by step. I think for many of us, I think for all of us as humans, the ripping the bandage off, it, it actually creates a scenario that is hard for us to sustain. Um, I remember years ago going to a healer and, you know, I was so type like double A, drive, drive, push, push, drive, drive. And so we kind of got to a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, I know the story that I need to get, you know, to release. And I'm like, let's just do it. Like whatever you need to do energetically, reprogram me. And she said, if I were to do that, your physical human body would, would explode. Like you, you, you know, we as souls were limitless, but as humans, we have limitations. And yeah. physicality is a huge, you know, a huge piece of what we need to be aware of. So by, by forcing ourselves to do something faster than we physically can support actually doesn't work for us. Um, so, and just a reminder, there's no end zone. There's no finish line here, right? So we can take as much time as we want. And if we don't get there in this life experience, we're going to have many, many, many experiences to not learn these lessons, but to explore the expansion that our soul is desiring. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when we give ourselves that grace and that compassion that we don't have to get it all done because we're never going to get it all done because there's more possibilities and opportunities here for us right now than we can ever even contemplate in this life experience. When we give ourselves grace to know that, I think it really opens up the pathway for us to, to be more gentle and have more ease in all of this exploration. And is, is this energy right now, this riding a bike on the ocean, is it also just a huge, huge invitation for grace? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, you know, I would, I would even step back a little bit further and look at like all of what we experience is an invitation 
for more grace. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't all get the memo and we don't all get the memo every time, but that whole, you know, the whole, the biggest invitation, right. Is to come home to ourselves. Right. And the path is lit by grace. It's lit by compassion. You know, they keep showing me like the runway, right. The one runway lights, the more grace and compassion and, and ease we allow in these life experiences, the more brightly lit the path becomes. Mm. And it's super easy to land the plane when the, when the runway is lit up, you know, and land the plane and land the plane and land the plane, right? Each time. But the great, yeah, grace is the, it is the, it's the key, you know, it's the key to all of what we're here for. Yeah. It sounds like grace is the guiding light. It is. It is totally the guiding light. And one of the things the greater consciousness is saying is just as a reminder that our inner being, our soul is never judgmental. It's never critical. It just isn't. That's not our soul's voice. And so when we are aware that the voices, the voice in our head, the talk track that we're hearing is judgmental or critical or, or not grace filled. We know that's not our soul. And just having that awareness too, even if we can't quite get to that place of compassion for ourselves in the moment, having the awareness that the, that what we're hearing and that the thoughts that we're thinking are not our soul thoughts does bring us back. It, 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 it moves the needle towards grace. So does that mean that thoughts of guilt or shame or ruminating on something none of that is our soul none of that is our soul you know our soul doesn't judge bad or good Mm -hmm. our soul says oh my gosh this is a delicious opportunity for expansion and if it's not our soul saying it does that mean that it's not truth well that that is what it means however it's more i think it's more complex than that because many of us believe these things to be our truth. Mm. And so on the surface, it feels like our truth, you know, and I think that's a really important delineation is that we, we, we have truths that are our reality and we have truths that are our soul's truth and some will cross and some won't, but that, that part of our exploration here in this life experience is to start to get clearer and clearer on what is our soul truth. What is our heart, mind, our in our inner wisdom, truth, the the thinking mind, truth, the ego, truth, the personality, truth is much more about what was how we were conditioned, about what we were taught, about the stories and beliefs that were passed down to us from our families of origin and generation, generation, generation. So, in the human, if we were only looking at the human experience, that would be truth, you know. But it isn't the, it isn't our truth, like capital T truth. Right, right, right. For people who may not be familiar with that whole idea of capital T truth is soul. It's, it's big truth. Lowercase T truth is what our thinking mind says. Yeah, yeah. And I want to just, they want me to just come back to the fact that it's okay that we can say both are truth. Both are truth. You know, perception is reality. The things that we believe 
are things that we believe. And so they're part of the truth of how we see our world. And as we learn, you know, as we learn different, we can do different. As we know better, we do better, right? And not better in the right, wrong way, but better in the soul expanding way, you know, more aligned way uh, for us. And does that also mean that as we know better, we experience more ease? we can, (laughs) you know, I think that's that there, there is a piece of that where the, the, even when we talk about ease, it's, it's a, it's a human brain constructed emotion, you know, and I, and I remember when I was going through my son's um, crisis years ago now, about a decade ago now, and I was saying, you know, universe, I keep asking for ease. I keep asking for ease and this doesn't feel ease. And my guides were like, you know, baby, if you only knew how much ease this was. And it was like, but like, I just like literally in this moment just welled up with tears when those words came through because it's like, oh yeah. You know, we have this definition of ease and what we think ease is. But if we, if we recognize it really every moment is ease, what if it is the most ease that is available to us. Wow. I mean, that changes everything. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's big. No, it's big. And, and I think that what I was going to say just before that is that we, we all have blind spots to our stories. And so there's no need to make the human our human thinking mind truth wrong, you know, and our soul truth right. They both have to live in the same space. And then we pivot, we shift, we we see it differently. We have deeper awareness. We have more grace towards all of it. That's the path, you know, and that's what the energy is really kind of, you know, not just tapping us on the shoulders. I feel like the energy is certain that was kind of by the by the shoulders, you know, and shaking us a little bit like, Hey, Hey, here's what's here for you now. Can you, can you embrace this? You know, your mission, should you choose to accept it is to come into this space of holding both deeper. deeper. This is back to what you said with a greater consciousness shared last month of that balance between human and soul. Completely, completely. And it's deep. It's really that it's, each month it feels like this, this message, but also the, the opening is deeper. Mm. You know, we're being taken on this journey. We're, 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 we're walking this path to this deeper and deeper awareness of that, that capital T truth. And so we didn't have the gift of Amy White a year ago. So is this a repeated thing that the energy has been trying to teach us for the last year or couple of years or like forever or is this pretty unique to right now this is very unique to right now the energies of the last few years especially the last few years but even you know further back right i mean because the energy's been been bringing us to this point in time space uh you know for a while for for a long time now but the last few years especially have been the it's been like the training miles, you know, for the marathon. And, and quite honestly, we're, we're still, we're stretching at the start line. Like we're, we're being 
it's kind of like we're taking inventory, you know, all of the miles I did, all of the lessons I learned about hydration and fuel and, and, you know, pacing and, you know, like all of those things we're, we're right now contemplating and, and, and it is brand new. It's brand new because the opening that happened really around December of this past year has been the opening to come into this, to step up to this start line. And, and, you know, the marathon, when it starts, which it actually, what they're showing me, interestingly enough, isn't until the fall, you know, if we're using this, sticking with this analogy. So we've got some time to really still get in tune with where we are, each one of us individually, so that we can be most prepared to start the, start the race. And we're not saying that this is a race, that there's some kind of race or competition. Right. I don't know if we talked last month and, and I'm sorry if I, this is a repeat, but they're bringing into my awareness, this conversation about the thousand pound snake. I think we had you this. and I talked about that. I don't think we've ever shared that with the audience. Okay. Well, that, so it's in a, in a little bit of a different way, but the same, what they're saying, the same thing is, um, I'll just give a tiny backstory, but since the beginning of this year, I've been having uh, dreams about snakes and, um, and about two, two and a half, maybe three months ago. Now I had this very profound dream about uh, a snake in which there was a person in my dream that had a very small snake in their hand. And they were, we, I was in my house in the dream and the gentleman was saying, the snake is really good energy and it's going to stay in your house. The, the bad news, quote unquote, is that it's going to grow to be a thousand pounds. And, and so when I woke up, it kind of came back into my conscious awareness the next morning, immediately I started to think, okay, you know, what, what does this mean? Like, how could I possibly take care of a thousand pound snake? And it really is the same idea of working towards, you know, the shift in energy that's coming later this year, we have the opportunity to take inspired action to prepare ourselves for, for the marathon, for housing this thousand pound snake and, and doing it, as you said, step by step by step, bit by bit, so that when, you know, when the next big energy invitation comes to us, in whatever way it, it does, in whatever way it looks like, we have a solid foundation to be in a space where we will be able to move with much more ease, with much more grace, in a way that, that helps us feel bolstered, in a way that allows us to create a bigger space to hold the bigger energy that's coming in. So it really is this time right now where we're in this, in this, in this, opportunity, you know, to, 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 to create a space for that thousand pound snake or to put us in the most, in best physical, mental, emotional, spiritual conditioning for that marathon. Um, that's the invitation. I have two questions. So yeah. first in, as an endurance athlete, I always try to think of the race as the celebration the training is the training. That's the, that's the suffering. That's the, you know, doing the work, but on race day, you're celebrating all the work you've done. 
you're celebrating your body. When we're talking about this marathon, when we're talking about actually having this thousand pound snake, is that the celebration? It is totally the celebration. It is totally the celebration because here's the thing. And this is that we often, we, we often get this confused as humans and the greater consciousness kind of laughs a little bit at us, but not in a, you know, not in, not in a mean way, but it's just like, you know, humans are so fun in that the, in this, in this, as we're talking about these two different examples or analogies, both the start line and the thousand pound snake are not the, the start. They're actually the finish, mm. right? It, it's, it's because when we get to the start line, just you know, staying with the race analogy, we are celebrating and we're usually thinking about what's coming next. So we're already creating the next thing, desire, putting the next desire or manifestation into our, you know, manifestation boxes or vortexes or vortices or whatever, you know, however we want to call it. And so it's really interesting to think that we're not actually preparing for the start as much as we're preparing for the next, the next to come, you know, and each step builds on itself like building blocks, you know, and the stronger the foundation is, the more we'll be able to to dream and expand and create into the future more and more and more what we want our reality to look like. Does that make sense? Cause it is, it, there's a, it's a, it's subtle, but it's also really profound in that we sometimes think that the starting line or, you know, getting the container ready for this thousand pound snake is then the beginning of whatever's coming next, but it really is, it's the start, it's the ending point of the preparation and the start of dreaming out what's coming next. And it has nothing to do with the race or the snake at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the snakes. Um, I know. Because to share- right. we had a long conversation about the snakes. <laughs> we did, because after Amy shared that with me, I, I have been seeing snakes everywhere. I even saw a snake. Oh, I saw two snakes yesterday, but one of them was, I've looked it up. It's the Eastern coach, coach whip and it's very long and it tends to like periscope really high. So I saw one slithering, it slithered across in front of me going so fast yesterday. And it's like head is up like full, probably like eight inches of its body is straight up. I think it was chasing like the mouse going so fast, but just like periscope up. Yeah. Oh, are everywhere it's very cool it's very cool actually I was um I was in the high desert a couple of weeks ago with some friends and we were kind of hiking around and saw a rattlesnake and a uh, roadrunner uh fighting and interestingly enough neither won and neither lost well maybe the roadrunner lost because I think it was hungry (laughs) but um but it was it was a quite quite an experience and I thought of course the of course, this is showing up here. Birds are such a spirit animal totem of mine. And the snake is now <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. So to see both of them showing up in the middle of the desert um, was was really profound. And uh, it just, it was kind of magical. Yeah, so, it was so magical. My other question is, so we're talking about bite by bite. And yet I feel like this last month, like I got a shove 
mm-hmm. a big old smackdown. So for I don't think I'm the only person who feel like yeah. they got a smackdown this last month. So for those of us, are are we like in for are are we able to move forward bite by bite now? Or are we looking at another SmackDown? Are we looking for like, oh, you're going to eat like a snake, like put the whole thing in your mouth? (laughs) Um, I don't think the invitation for anybody right now is to put the whole thing in the mouth, in their mouth. But I also feel like it's so personal and unique for everyone's journey. Bite by bite can be, it's funny because as you were asking the question, I was being shown this like, you know, almost this is, it's various weird for me, but like this caveman in a big like, you know, turkey leg, right? And taking these, you know, huge bites and that can be bite by bite. So mm-hmm. this, you know, it's so, but the interesting piece that, and I just want to kind of step back on this is that bite by bite is about inspired bite by bite. It's not about like meal planning bite by bite. It is waiting for further instructions and then, oh, this next thing pops up there's your next bite or your next step. Oh, this next thing pops up and it feels inspired, you know, and that's, that can be really hard for us as humans too, because like I was saying before, I, you know, I used to be this like, okay, I know what I need to do now. Let's just do it. And my healer was like, yeah, and you're going to explode your liver. You know, (laughs) if you do that, it's just not. So we have to, the, the balance then is really listening to our inner wisdom and taking those bites as they come. And maybe some feel bigger than others, but it's not, we're not, the invitation isn't to swallow the, you know, the whatever whole. The invitation is to find the space where we can be in balance with however the bite is presented to us. Mm-hmm. So back to that floating in space, just when gravity tugs on you go with it until it releases yeah and then if it pulls in a different direction go with that until it releases instead of trying to flail around in space trying to get yourself within something's gravitational pull completely and as humans you know i just want to honor that we're we're really conditioned societally culturally globally that there's something wrong with just allowing ourselves to float in space. Like we're not, we're not doing, we're not doing enough. We're not showing our value, proving our worth, blah, blah, blah. And yet that's, that's really the invitation right now is to be in that floating space and then take action when we feel inspired, but not, not to plan it, not to make it happen not to push it all, you know, through rip the bandaid, like, you know, all of it. It's like, you cannot run a marathon, you know, in one minute, (laughs) you know, it's mile by mile by mile, you know? Yeah. The image I just got is like trying to move through space. You can't move forward until your feet touch the ground and then you can like step forward or bounce forward. It's almost like trying to move, like run through water. Yeah. Yeah. Or ride a bike through water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it really is that. um, And it's, and as I said, it's, it's just to honor how it feels confusing and it feels there's a lot of impatience right now. And there's a lot of pulling the covers or the hood over our heads to be just hiding from the energy. 
And that's where that grace comes in that we were just talking about. It's like, can you find the place and space of grace for all of what's happening now? How uh, do we find that? What does the greater consciousness say about that? How do we love ourselves through this? That's such a big question. Mm. The greater consciousness is just, it wants to go back to something that they were saying a little bit ago, which is this idea that the, the first step is really to be aware of when we're not practicing grace. So when that judgment voice, when that critic voice shows up, when that, uh, uh, you know, for pushing, forcing, striving, driving, because we have to prove our worth voice comes up. When we recognize that it opens the gateway to grace. So that's it. You can't just go right to grace most of the time. You know, it's in the knowing what isn't in the practice of grace that allows us the deeper understanding of what is grace. You know, I often, when my client, when I'm working with my clients, often what comes through is this idea that if we can see ourselves as, you know, sort of the aspect of ourself, that's a, the small child and the small child falls and skins their knee. And what does that child need? I mean, yeah, they need some att attending to, but it's not that it's not bad. It's just painful. So we pull that aspect, that child up on our lap. We let them lay their head against our chest and we rub their back. And maybe we say like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. We know it hurts. We got you. We'll kiss the boo-boo in a minute. You know, to me, to me, and that's how the greater consciousness shows grace. It's that idea of how can we really love on ourselves the way that most of us would love on that small child who's 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 feels pain or who's just sad, you know, who just feels sadness or anger or whatever the emotion is and saying, come on up, baby, come on, I got you. I got you. And the greater consciousness also wants to just recognize that there's many of us that didn't have that conditioning in the human experience, but we can tap into that part of us that knows if nothing else, what would have been the thing that we would have liked in those moments. And then we give ourselves that. Yeah. And uh, listeners, if you need help with that, go back to, I don't know how long ago, uh, it was sometime in 2021, the episode on self-compassion with Melissa Mayer. Mm. Yeah. So we talk about, we talked a little bit about like, you know, the touch, go ahead and hug yourself. You know, I've been yeah. doing that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and then I heard Martha Beck say that the sound, our, our human tendency to go shh, 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 is actually the sound of the heartbeat. Mm, yes. So that's like what a baby in utero hears. Mm -hmm. So when out of utero, we do that for each other, we're trying to comfort each other and it does yeah. comfort us. Yeah. And I think the big piece of that is that we're not comforting ourselves to make it go away right. or just comforting, comforting ourselves to allow us to the space to feel what we feel in a loving way, to be where we are in a loving way. I love that touch, that idea of touch too. Like many nights when I'm going to bed, I do, I give myself a hug and I'm like, 
I love you, baby. We, we, we did a good job today. We, we made it through today. You know, we slayed dragons and faced fears and experienced aliveness in all kinds of ways. And we get to get, get up and do it again tomorrow. And that's magic. I love that you use the term of slaying dragons because I remember in your chart, you have the gift of being a chaos slayer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But yes, I, in my meditation for years, I've been using the ASL um, symbol for, I love you. And I put one hand on my chest and one hand on my belly. Mm-hmm. And the last, like, I don't know, three months or so I start out like that. And then it evolves into, I just hug myself while I meditate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, there's so much you know, so much work around the whole somatic practice, right? And, and it's really, they're, they're, it's not just kitschy, you know, self-care 101. It is completely connected to the coming into that balance that we talked about at the very beginning of this conversation. It's that deeper, deeper connection into and back to the who we are. So many of us walk around the planet so disconnected from our physical bodies. We talked about that before. Yeah. And so just being able to have awareness of that touch point, again, it's all part of the process and the practice to bring us into that space of grace, that space of compassion, that coming home deeper and deeper and deeper to ourselves Mm. and the who, the truth, capital T truth of who we are. And I think at least I can hear an old, old story of mine, which is like, yeah, if you're not getting hugged by someone else, go ahead and hug yourself. But also just, it doesn't matter. It has, it's completely unrelated to that. Just hug yourself, give yourself the gift of touch, the comfort that comes with touch that every being needs, needs, needs. And whether we are, or whether we aren't getting it externally, it doesn't matter. Like we still are, we long for that, our own touch Mm -hmm. as part of it, you know, because it's that, again, it's that touch point into the coming home. Yeah. It's like, oh, this, this is my body, my vehicle, you know, it's part of the whole of who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not separate from, and, and it's really nice to get it from the external, but when we get it from the internal, it makes the external even that much more special yeah 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 powerful so what else does the does the greater consciousness want to give us today Mm. you know they're they're just they just want to remind us all that this is you know this is this is a journey that isn't isn't meant to be only smooth sailing. And, and, and again, going back to some of the conditioning that many of us have had, that life is supposed to all be all smooth. And then, you know, the bumps are supposed to come, but not very often. And so then when life gets bumpy, it throws many of us way off kilter because it's not the expectation that the story, the beliefs, the patterns that we were brought up to believe. The other day um, when I was hosting my once a month uh, open public channeling call that, that I do each, each month, I, the greater consciousness brought through a really cool 
visual. And, and what they were showing me was this idea that this time now and into the future is like a, a firework display. You know, there's anticipation because you know the next burst of firework is coming, but you don't know what it's going to look like. Will it be red or blue or purple or green? Will it look like a flower or a star? You know, will it sizzle? Will it, like there's all that unknown that we have, but we also know that most of the times what shows up in front of us is going to be really beautiful and awe-inspiring. And then many firework displays have these loud explosions followed by another beautiful firework you know, display. And that's really the space that we're in right now. It's like, can we anticipate that it's going to be both beautiful and maybe a little jarring and unknown and exciting and, and, and all at the same time. And I just, I really love that, that visual because it resonated so deeply. It kind of touches on all of what we've been talking about, you know, it's, and in some, sometimes, you know, a firework doesn't go off right away. And so now you're waiting in that space of nothing happening, nothing happening, nothing happening. And then boom, there's the firework. There's the explosion. There's the colors. You know, it's all of it. And so, and I, and, and I, I really think that when we can look at life in that way, finding the anticipation and, and excitement in all of it, and not, in, not for the purpose of being perfect, <laughs> and not to, to bypass our feelings when it doesn't feel exciting or anticipatory. But to, to, to have that be the dominant intention really does pave the way for more of that to come than, than the other. It's really powerful. And I think that the, the energy is lined up for really with an opening for us to have more influence over how we see our reality right now and where we choose to put our attention. You know, are we only going to focus on the explosions or are we going to say, okay, we know they're coming, but, but there's so much beauty here at the same time. And I want to focus there more and deal with the explosions when they come. So this reminds me of what I believe to be true, which is joy is our natural state and we can be in deep grief and joy at the same time. We can feel anger and joy at the same time. We can feel happiness and joy at the same time. It's all. Yeah, it is all. And it's, and, and, you know, it is, it's where we put our attention without denying the other aspects of how we're feeling, you know, and I think that's really key. There's so much teachings in the past that have been like, just write your ship and focus only on this, the high vibrational feelings. And that's, that's not, it's not wrong right? It's not incorrect. And the greater consciousness is really clear about this, but it is in the awareness that we're not trying to deny all of the aspects of us at that time. And what you said was just really beautifully stated because it is that idea that I'm going to focus on the things around me that bring me joy, even though I'm in deep grief in the moment. Like I can see both, I can honor the grief and I can still watch this hummingbird out my window and be like, wow, 
that is magic right there. And recognize the grief at the same time. I mean, that's the power in it. And, And I think the more going back to the initial question of how we find our way back to that grace and that loving of ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, it's giving us ourselves the permission for both and that neither are wrong, that there's not something wrong with us to be in deep grief, mm. you know, and there's not something wrong with us to feel joy in the midst of deep grief, to recognize the joyful things in our lives, the beautiful, magical things in our lives while we're feeling grief or sorrow or anger or jealousy or, 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 I mean, it's all, it's all of it, you know, in one, one pie. So is this riding a bike on the ocean? Is it permission to feel everything permission to be everything permission to be and feel it all? Yeah. Yeah. You're not a crazy person. If you're feeling it all at the exact same time. completely. And that's really the energy right now, you know, and it can be moment to moment. It can be like, it can feel a little like, you know, there's something, uh, a behavioral health wise that might not be quite, you know, right. Because it is like, how could I be feeling such elation one moment and such grief one moment, but, but that's it. It's, it's all here right now. It's super, super palpable palpable and visceral and, and in the presence. And the, what we do with it is that prep, preparation for that thousand pound snake that contain, you know, the building that container or prepping for and being ready to start the marathon. It really is where we're at right now. And it takes all of it. And I, um, as you were talking, I realized that I don't tend to remember my dreams or have particularly lucid dreams, but there was a very large snake in my dream last night. I don't think it was the thousand pounder, <laughs> but they're getting bigger. Yeah. 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 And so it's a great, it's a great way to both see. I, I mean, I really do see the, the snake as, you know, what, what each one of us is building and what's building, what we're co-creating, what's coming, what's here, what's coming, what's here, what's coming, right? The more we're tapping into that deeper desire to expand, the more the snake is expanding. So I love that you're, you're, you're seeing it growing. And so then the touch point is, you know, where, where am I inspired to make sure or create or, or co-create the space so that the snake has a place to to land and live comfortably because, you know, we talked about this, you and I, if you have a thousand pound snake and it doesn't have a good container that's safe for it, that has its, you know, the warm place, the cool place, dark, you know, space and a lid that latches properly, it could terrorize the neighborhood, you know? And so we want to make sure that as we're, we're moving towards expanding these big, big, big dreams these big desires that we have, that we are laying the foundation so that when we get there, we're not in chaos. There isn't the need to slay the chaos because we've done what we were, what we were called to do to create the space for more ease, coming back to that word, more grace in that. It doesn't mean there won't be chaos. It doesn't mean that there won't be, you know, times where the snake figures out how to get out, out of the container you know, but those will, those aren't the norm. That won't be the norm. That'll be the. Yeah. And there's a risk, definitely a responsibility. 
in having a container for a thousand pound snake. Completely. And there's a responsibility to be as mentally, physically, and, and, and emotionally prepared to run a marathon. I mean, you know, or, or there's, there's, there's things that will not feel so good for us, you know, if we, if we're, if we don't focus our attention in that way. And again, this is a real, there's a paradox here in the greater consciousness is really like exclamation point on this because so often it's, it gets confusing with, we're talking about preparing a space for the snake, for our big dreams, but we're also not talking about pushing, forcing, striving, driving. This isn't about pushing a hundred marbles up the hill. This is about being very, very aware of how we're being guided to prepare what we're being guided to do. Some of it tactical, some of it energetic, but all of it, all of it in partnership with our inner wisdom, letting our soul lead the way. But it's not about apathy. It's not about just sitting around waiting for something to happen. It's about listening to that inner wisdom and going, oh, I feel an inspiration to do this, this, and this, or just this, or just look this up you know it might just be that simple um that that's really the the difference in in this this conversation and you told me the first time we were talking about this thousand pound snake that right it's it's about making space for your big dreams but you don't have to know what your big dreams are right right exactly just knowing that they're they're manifesting. They're here. I mean, they're here energetically right now. And now we have to bring that human side in, <laughs> in lots of what ways to be, to really make sure that we're ready from that aspect of us to step into this larger, you know, um, uh, dream that we have or, or experience that we desire, you know, and it is that it's both, it's this end you know, both play a role. So how would the greater consciousness describe what is our responsibility right now? Our responsibility right now, and they've been talking about this for a while, is this idea, they call it personal responsibility. And it's, it's really coming into contact with what our, our personal truth is and coming into alignment with that truth. And that means turning more inward and, and listening to our own wisdom and not listening so much to the opinions of others, whether it be experts or media or social media or, or, or. But it's like, we can use that information as sort of the bouncing off point, you know, and something we hear, perhaps we then, we, we come into connection with ourselves and I'm putting my hand on my heart because I just love that. Again, talking about that connection, right? It, it's that, does this feel like truth to me? And if it does, awesome. And if it doesn't, then it's finding that way to be in the space of knowing it's not your truth without having to convince anyone else that it's not their truth. Right, and the personal responsibility that the greater consciousness is talking about is really unique to each one of us. But the, 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 what, what they're showing me, it sort of is the future evolution of, of human consciousness and 
consciousness in general is that there are many people that are touching into this idea of coming into their personal truth and then moving about the world from that space. And then it's not about getting everybody on the same team. It's how do we then come into contact with, with other people who are in contact with their truth and, and then be in community that way. You know, I don't know if we talked about this, but they keep showing me like the Venn diagram. And it's like, you know, where the circles overlap is the space where community starts to be formed. They don't have to be circles that stack. You know, it's not just coming into contact with people who believe exactly your truths. It's being able to be in the world, knowing solidly your truths and honoring that everyone has their truths and then moving through the world from that place. That's, that really is the responsibility. It's the invitation that we're each being given right now to explore and to, and to trust more and more that it's okay that my truth and your truth don't look the same and that we're, we're still okay. And we're actually better than okay because when we're living from that space, we are so aligned with our soul knowing. We are so in contact with the truth of who we are that then when we move about the world, it raises the vibration significantly just being who we are. Because the universe wants us to be sparkly AF. AF. How do you, Amy, know when something is truth for you? Oh, I can actually feel it in my body. You know, one of the things that I actually teach um, my clients is using our body as the indicator of what is our truth and what is our untruth. And it's a very simple process that just really allows us to tell ourselves a truth or untruth and then tune into where that, where that shows up for us. You know, and for me, an untruth shows up in my gut right away like a tightening of my gut and it shows up. It's funny. I get this like buzzing in my tongue. It's a very strange feeling, but I've, I've been, I've been practicing it for so long that it happens like automatically. So I can go, I hear information or something comes in and I'm like, Hmm, Nope, that doesn't feel truth to me, you know? And if it's something that feels important to me, I might say, I might take that exploration a little bit deeper and say, what could make this my truth? You know, what could, what could, what about this could feel truth to me or what aspects of this may feel truth to me? So it's not black. It doesn't have to be black or white. It's not all or nothing, you know, but it is that finding that space. And, and, you know, when we know how truth shows up in our body, and for me, it's like this expansion my shoulders drop, my lungs feel bigger. Like I take this deep breath. I know that is my truth. And so when we're able to, to use that as an indicator, and it's just one of many, but it's something that works so beautifully because, because our body is the biggest antenna to our inner knowing that when we just, we use the tools we have, <laughs> it just makes it so much easier um, for us to, to, to start to put that into practice. Yeah. But that's, that's it. That's the space. For that's me, truth will 
sometimes I will take a mouth breath in. When I hear, when I receive truth, I'll be like, <gasps> and then it just feels expansive throughout. Yeah. There are other times that people say things and they rattle around in my head for hours, sometimes days until I, I wait for them to drop into my body. It feels like a Tetris game. And if they don't drop in, they're not truth. And then it's the whole matter of getting them out of my head because yeah. they're still in there like popping up, popping up. And I'm like, yeah. go, go away. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. not truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And some of that, some of that may be, there's, you know, just a little under the surface of, of having to come into alignment with trusting that it's not truth. Yeah. You know, but, and, and as you practice that, the, it, the, the untruth drops, um, you know, to a point where maybe you don't even invite it to rattle around in your head. Like mm. you just know, as it comes into your brain, you're like, it has an immediate exit, you know, button that you push that says reject, you know, like an ejection yeah. seat. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Oh boy. This is so good. So this is so juicy. So helpful for me personally. Mm. Is there anything else that we need to hear or I need to hear right now? No, they just keep saying grace, grace, grace. This is the time to find our way to grace for ourselves. And that, and that, you know, they just showed me again, that runway lit up, you know, that it really illuminates the path when we can find our way there. And even if it's only in, and they're saying this is not like only, but even if we're able to just take the first step of recognizing when we're not in the space of grace will move all of us and you specifically really forward in a way that feels like there's momentum, feels like there's less stuckness, mm -hmm. you know, feels like we're not, in flow in flow and to not push it, you know, because it, it, the more organic that is the better. And sometimes we are in waiting, we're whole in waiting mode and holding pattern because we need that, you know? So it's not, it, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing we're doing wrong when we find ourselves in that space. And as those words are coming through, I'm like, oh man, I need to hear that too. You know, to know that I'm not doing something wrong, that you're not doing something wrong because you haven't been given the green light or the inspired action to take the next step. It just might be that there's another plane on the runway. And it's not on. safe to land. Exactly. <laughs> Even exactly. if it's all lit up. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mm. love that. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Will you just remind people how they can book sessions with you, please? Absolutely. So everything that you need to know about the work that I do is at amywhite.co. And there you'll find courses, video series, a lot of free, a lot of free resources and a link to book um, any one of the many services that I offer. Thank you, Amy. I love you. Mm, love you back. Thank I'm you. excited to do this again next month. Yes, me too. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to work one-on-one with Amy, you can access her at amywhite.co. And if you want to work with me, whether it's through a human design reading or light later amplification one-on-one coaching, you can learn all about that and book your sessions at kelseyabbott.com. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.